0: Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands including Louis Vuitton, Chanel and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at REBAG.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going
1: up during inflation
2: Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. hey
1: This is your amazing pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher, Dr. Santosh.
2: And Santosh, I have been, well, snowed in, but enjoying oh, no. watching some old movies this last weekend, going back to the classics...
1: Yes, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles.
2: Also, good classics. Although I have to tell you, being older, yeah. I empathize more with uh, everyone who's out the to principle. get Ferris. Yeah, <laughs> and just,
1: and just the, the principal in the Breakfast Club. <laughs>
2: just just like, a truly yeah. awful human being. But but no, yeah. Today yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do a dive into one of my favorite movies. And explore some medicine in it that I don't think we've really thought about. And I'm, of course, referring to a film that was going to be an alternative career for me had I not settled on medicine. And that is... <laughs>
1: Adventurer.
2: Archaeologist slash Tomb Raider? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the classic... Yeah. With okay. Indiana Jones. So this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about Indiana Jones medicine or some specific scenes from the films. Now, I've told you in the past, Santosh, my theory about Indiana Jones being, as much as I love him, one of the most unnecessary protagonists in all of film history.
1: <laughs> we we have talked about this. I I Unfortunately, the revelation... You know, the, the pop culture reference that showed this to me was the Big Bang Theory, where a couple of characters were watching, I believe it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. And one turns to the other and goes, oh, that was interesting, you know, that they, they were actually watching it for the first time. And the other person was all excited for them to be, oh, my God, indie! And other person, well, that was all right, I guess. But, you know, Indiana was completely unnecessary. And the person was Wait, no, they're they're the hero. And they said, no, if if Indiana hadn't existed throughout the whole film, the Nazis would have gotten the ark. They would have opened it up, and they would have all melted anyway. <laughs> the only thing he did was like break a bunch of stuff along the way. <laughs> I was like, oh no, and it's true.
2: This is all of the Indiana Jones movies: Temple of Doom everyone in that village still poor like, okay, he broke up a little bit of a mining ring, but realistically speaking, you tell me how long it's going to be before someone else shows up and restarts that mine. Uh, But temple of doom is the one where he had the most of a direct impact. Uh, Let's go to last crusade. Nothing could leave the cave anyway. They could have just sent in parades of people to drink from that mug. And sure, sure. Wouldn't have changed. Crystal Skull. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Again, oh, the, ending, the crappy
1: one. Okay. <laughs> the,
2: the ending of that film would not have changed if Indy hadn't existed. You know, even if the Russians sure. won, got the skull. wouldn't. And even Dial of Destiny, which I won't spoil, definitely worth watching. But if Indy hadn't okay. existed or had prematurely died before the events of the movie took place, it would have ended exactly the same.
1: Uh, and you've told me this before. Still, endlessly entertaining films, barring the Crystal Skulls. But you know, absolutely, you cannot find a single moment in any of those movies where you couldn't just take the protagonist out, and the the arc, pun intended, of the plot was exactly the same. <laughs>
2: Now the behind the scenes actually had a lot of fun medicine things. Of course in Raiders there's that famous scene where Indy squares off with a masterful swordsman and yeah, the guy does the a whole bunch too. The guy does a whole bunch of fancy tricks and then Indy looks at him, pulls out his gun, and he just shoots him.
1: Bang! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. How how's that medical? I mean, it was funny. I heard that that scene was improvised like last second with uh, uh, Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg. And he was like, I guess he was supposed to have a choreographed fight, but then he goes to Steven and he says, Hey, wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be hilarious if I just shot him because I have a gun? And Steven was like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he did, they just scrapped a bunch of plot or, or screenplay. Is like, how's that
0: medical?
2: Because Harrison Ford had dysentery, didn't think he could last the entire length of the shoot, and said, "How about I just shoot him? I, I don't want to do the whole choreograph thing. I, I'm going to need uh, to make it to a bathroom."
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it's <laughs> so it wasn't one of these improv like, oh, ha, ha. This will be funny. This is just... <laughs> yeah. oh, poor guy, dysentery. Oh. Well, they oh, were I...
2: filming on location in Tunisia. A ton of the crew got sick. Um now, Steven oh, Spielberg. Oh. Steven yeah. Spielberg, however, didn't because every time he got in the shower, he would put gaffer tape over his mouth so no oh, oh. water would get in. And he traveled oh, with a smart. suitcase full of spaghettios.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that is also medical, but I feel like it is. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a, a, like, we could somehow also make that medical with eating SpaghettiOs, I don't know how many days. <laughs> but he didn't get sick because of that. The SpaghettiO saved his life.
2: Because he wasn't eating the local food or getting any water in his mouth, even when he was showering. And so he was not exposed. Yeah to yes. local bugs.
1: <laughs> so the headline here, though, is still Spaghettio Save Lives.
2: Yes, that's, that's the takeaway <laughs> lesson, I suppose. <laughs> okay. But cool. let's get into, I want to talk about the Ark of the Covenant. So in okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was, of course, a supernatural face-melting curse but the ark has been said even if you follow uh biblical history to have yes. a- had a disease curse and that's what i want to talk about and see if we can figure out what it is
1: okay i and so uh, i don't know too too much about the old testament i think they discussed this briefly in the film but the ark of the covenant is not it's not noah's ark right it's supposed to be a, a box that i guess Carries the gifts to mankind from God. Is that is that how it's supposed to go?
2: Yeah, I believe the the Ten Commandments. What's in it is not pertinent initially to our discussion. It's it can stay the MacGuffin, okay, that it was. Sure, sure.
1: Just but let's thing. go yeah, back.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So let's start with when when the ark was hidden, it was sequestered along with a jar of manna, so they could refill their empty, okay. and a flask of anointing <laughs> oil. <laughs> sure.
0: Um, and
2: Aaron's staff. And also hidden with the Ark was a chest that the Philistines sent as a gift to the God of Israel after they captured it and were stricken by several plagues. In one of the many battles between the Philistines and the people of Israel, the Israelites lost a battle. So then they came up with this plan. Let's go get the Ark of the Covenant so that the Lord will be present among us. Will deliver us from the hands of our enemies. You know, so they were hoping for a little bit of indie face melting fighting the Philistines.
1: Well, I mean, they didn't know that's what it would do. I think at the time, they just thought we're bringing a, a piece of God with us onto the battlefield.
2: No, they were hoping for face melting. Uh, but oh, this... okay. <laughs> But this ended up turning out to be a terrible idea, because the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, took it to a city called Ashdod, and put it into a temple of an, of the Philistines' god, Dagon. Okay. Now, okay. After, after they had moved it, the and so the Bible relates, the hand of the Lord came against the city, causing great panic. He struck the people, young and old, so that hemorrhoids broke out among them. And this statue oh, of their god, and this statue of their god Dagon, uh, was toppled over in the temple and lost its head. And then they set it back up, and it toppled over again, and it lost some mm-hmm. of the arms and legs. So it was just a, a trunk. The Philistines, after having their idol knocked down and getting hemorrhoids, had had enough of this ark. Decided to send it back to Israel, but they were warned by their priests: if you're going to send the ark to the god of Israel. Don't send it away empty. You also have to pay a fee or a price. And they asked okay. what is what is this price that we should pay to him? And they were told five golden hemorrhoids and five golden mice. The five for the number of Lords of the Philistines for the same plague okay. struck all of you. So that's where our story begins.
1: Oh, that's and that's that's the ancient history predating you know what the the nazis want to do in the this uh plot of the movie
2: right right so this all takes place long before indy starts looking for the indy would have had this kind of knowledge like the ark was stolen by the philistines they had a plague of hemorrhoids they sent it filled with uh golden (laughs) hemorrhoids golden hemorrhoids and golden mice back to israel and you know yada 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 professor jones goes searching
1: okay yeah okay yeah and and this is the part where indiana goes searching and finds them and everything else like this and he really didn't have to
2: (laughs) so in early 2000 the journal of the royal society of medicine started talking about this and the story is in one samuel um And when they returned it, and it seems that the most characteristic features of this were rats and tumors, which gets me thinking dead rats. Okay. Killed by Mm -hmm. the same basilisk that kills human beings are often seen in the streets of plague towns. Enlarged lymph nodes in the groin are very obvious features. So why would the Philistines Mm -hmm. send statues of rodents and tumors to their neighbors as a we're sorry gift? Is this a friendly warning? We've had an epidemic. You should watch out for this. Uh, or okay. is it something, or is it the essence of the judgment on the Philistines? And they hoped, well, maybe the curse will end with us when we send it back.
1: As, as in kind of embody the plague. So the, the tumors that they're talking about there, tumors, it, it, we know we think about it as malignancy right now, cancer, but tumor is just an old timey word for swelling and in this case it's probably the buboes which are characteristic of the bubonic plague carried by fleas which are carried on rodents and so uh, almost like embodying the plague in the gold with the rats and the buboes the tumors on there and then just you know kind of almost like imbuing the spirit of that illness into the statues and then send them that way
2: yeah so i'm i'm going to throw a couple different Religious texts out at you, and I am far from any kind of religious scholar. Please, sure. if, if those of you listening at home are more familiar with these texts, send us a message, and we'll, we'll be happy to chat about it. But oh, yeah. the, there is also another text uh, called the, Septuag- the Septuagint, a translation from Hebrew to Greek done in Alexandria, okay. as well as mm-hmm. a different yes as well as a different text known as the Vulgate, which is translated into Latin from this. And it says mm-hmm. the, Philistines were smitten, the Philistines were smitten with tumors, but the Septuagint and the Vulgate both expand on that and say, and rats appeared in their land, and death and destruction were throughout the city. He afflicted the people young and old with an outbreak of tumors being in the groin. So now we have something that sounds a lot more consistent with as you said bubonic plague rather than hemorrhoids. Right. And that's where you're getting the rats oh, which are not uh, mentioned in the Bible.
1: Gotcha. you got okay I understand so originally either you know the as the story is you know that that the it was hemorrhoids or later on the, the storytellers kind of came along and they were trying to understand how the gifts and stuff kind of came together. And either the, in the storytelling, the hemorrhoids changed into buboes in the groin, or it was misinterpreted in the first place and someone was trying to tie all of the elements of the story together. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay.
2: So now let's look at the, the evidence that was kind of brought up by this Royal Journal of Medicine. And they feel it was due to a mistranslation because fossilized remains of the plague flea have been found in large numbers in the city of Amarna in Egypt. And Amarna was occupied for only a couple of years before it turned into a ghost town. So you can actually trace the contact between human beings and plague fleas to about 1350 BC, which is well before the events described in that passage I just told you about. Uh, oh, not okay, okay. not to mention archaeological studies show that Radis Radis our common rodent, was (laughs) Mm -hmm. introduced around that same time via ships from India. And we've never seen evidence of bubonic plague in Egyptian mummies. So the the evidence doesn't quite hold up with it. Um, Now, we know from plague it causes a flu-like illness. You have fevers, muscle cramps, and swelling of the lymph nodes, but nothing about hemorrhoids.
1: That association is not there.
2: So let's get into where the hemorrhoids came from. Let's go back to that Greek text, the Septuagint. According Mm -hmm. to the number of lords of Philistines, here's what you have to send to them to appease the God of the Israelites. Five buttocks of gold for the plague was on you and your (laughs) rulers. From the Greek version of the Hebrew, we move to the Latin. And the Latin translation, which is the Vulgate, Gave us mm-hmm. the Cinque años Oreos, five golden behinds, uh, which <laughs> okay. which was then translated uh, by the King James Bible as five golden emeralds or hemorrhoids.
1: Oh, I see. So this was probably mist- like many mistranslations around the way until you got to the you know the most current translation. Got it. Got it right.
2: So that's how we got from a maybe bubonic plague to hemorrhoids. So they have to send five golden behinds. But I'm going to give you another possible theory. And this is what made me want to talk about this story. Okay. Here is a disease that plagues the Philistines that commonly kills rodents, might pass rarely into humans, causes fever, pneumonia, swelling of the lymph nodes in the neck and groin, and all of this centers around a box as a vehicle for the disease, the Ark of the Covenant. And shortly after the box is delivered, rodents appear and are depicted in the settlement paid in gold. Uh, So the word for rodents doesn't really distinguish between mice and rats. So yeah, rats would have carried Yersinia pestis, Mm -hmm. but mice...
1: I mean, the fleas... Yeah, the fleas on the rats, and then eventually the rats, etc. Yeah.
2: But if you had mice nesting in a gold-plated wooden box... Okay... And those mice, upon being delivered to, say, a temple, would have explored their new habitat, offering an explanation for where a disease is being introduced. And also, if they get out and they run around and they knock over a local statue several times and then come back to the box at night and then leave it again, they would have tipped over the statuette after repeated falls. So if we link mice to the Ark, and then we can start singling out this disease. Do you have any idea what I'm thinking, Santosh?
1: Still going with plague. There are several mimics uh, of of plague out there um, that are again largely zoonotic. Um, It's not going to be rickettsia. It's not going to be typhus or Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever or scrub typhus, um, which can also look like that. I can see them in my mind too, like you know, having large lymph nodes and fevers um brucella can do it um although it's it's a little bit more uh thing uh were there any were there any rabbits
2: You're <laughs> on the right track. This is a disease carried by mice and rabbits and I am of course oh. talking about tularemia.
1: Okay, Gotcha. If if you had thrown one more in there and you had said like conjunctivitis, then I think I might have gone there. But okay, so yeah, yeah. So rather than being plague, which still can transmit, you know, via fleas and mice and stuff like that, but a a mimic that would still occur in large amounts when you had overcrowding in a city. um, There, there are these diseases of overcrowding. I mentioned a couple of them: scrub typhus and and uh, plague as well. But so this is another one, huh? This uh, as tularemia, um, you know, running around and, and Acting a lot like plague.
2: So what does tularemia look like? So you, you mentioned rabbits.
1: Wabbits. But, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> Wascally wabbits.
2: But in the modern day, how sure. how do we get tularemia? So let's say we you and I took the arc on just a fun little journey on a road trip, you know, uh-huh. and and it was filled with mice carrying tularemia. Tell me how it's transmitted, what are some of the symptoms? without us turning yeah. this into a traditional 80 plagues let's get the the cliff's notes version of the disease. yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely so it's a disease that is uh found uh, you know all it's found in the united states but it does uh happen uh, across the world um we, the board question that we usually get when we're sitting there reading our, you know, our national boards, uh, for medicine is a person skinning a rabbit. So they're hunter and they're skinning a rabbit because then you can aerosolize it. But most commonly you get an insect bite and then, Soon after, uh, if you get bitten, you get these swollen and painful lymph nodes. Um, so it can be under your arm, where your axillary nodes are. Your neck, uh, if if it's the cervical uh, lymph nodes, or under your thro- uh, throat, the submandibular ones. Or if you're bitten and you know you're you're kind of going through tall grass and you're being bitten uh, by these uh, ticks and deer flies and stuff, um, it, it can go into the groin um, and then. A lot of the time, especially if the if it's traveled close to your neck, uh, you also have inflammation of the whites of your eyes, conjunctivitis, sometimes sore throat, um, and then diarrhea or pneumonia, depending on what your body decides to do. Um, but certainly along with that, uh, you can get fever, chills, and headache. Those systemic symptoms, though, tend to happen more quickly if, for instance, you are skinning the rabbit and you inhale the bacteria instead. And then weirdly enough, Josh, it can look a lot like the flu. You're just sick, fever, chills, headache, muscle aches, and and dry cough. And a lot of these folks are treated like they have the flu. And unless you were to ask them, you know, have you been camping? Have you been hunting? You know, did you go someplace where you were exposed to ticks and fleas and, and rodents? You may not make this diagnosis because it's very dependent on the history.
2: Now, remember, we said 1350 BC was when we had plague reservoirs, and it was a little too early. But... Right. Right. Tularemia was known in the Middle East and Egypt around that time. And we have accounts from a couple of papyri that I haven't mentioned all too often. You know me. I'm normally all about the Ebers papyrus. It's one of my favorite. But this comes from mm-hmm. yeah. the oh, Hearst yeah. papyrus and the, <laughs> London, and the London medical papyrus, which talk of an epidemic that could have been Tularemia around 1715 BC, which does put us in the right era. Uh, The disease was believed to have originated in the Near East, coming to Egypt via contaminated ships. And the same author argues that Canaan was a reservoir for Tularemia, and the outbreak among the Philistines was a good indication of that. All of this, of course, presupposes that the Philistines assumed there was a link between the rodents and the disease that afflicted them. And we have that because we have in the description of that book of Samuel they sent five golden hemorrhoids and five golden rats as an I'm sorry gift, which to me says, they're like, listen, we know that there's something about these mice or rodents linking the disease.
1: Okay, wonderful. This is really, really cool. I love this. So we we have some forensic... Uh, you know, medical anthropology right here, where we're actually going through and making a really good, you know, kind of differential diagnosis and a diagnosis based on the history that we can piece together. Uh, And probably just like you're saying, Josh, some forensic evidence about who lived where and when. And then the most likely culprits The the final piece would really be if we could actually find, because nowadays we can do forensic pathology and we can find DNA and things like that. If we could find, you know, real evidence of the infection like that in, uh, you know, mummified lymph nodes and things like that in grave sites. But uh, I don't know if we have anything like that, huh?
2: We don't, although there is a fantastic paper that I will link in the show notes called How Disease Affected the End of the Bronze Age. And that one isn't strictly Mm -hmm. biblical, but it talks about how a lot of different civilizations collapsed in this time frame of 50 years. You saw mass migrations and abandonment of cities and the diseases most likely to cause this collapse uh, at the end of the paper are smallpox, plague and tularemia. So we are not giving tularemia enough credit as a killer in the ancient world and to circle back around now we have at the end of raiders of the lost ark we have now brought the ark of the covenant face melting ghosts aside into a warehouse
1: Uh, i i can't remember this is when it's being put in that giant friggin warehouse
2: So at the end of Raiders, they they move the box into this giant warehouse full of all the other boxes. And it's kept under guard. And if there are still the same tularemic rats or rodents in there, which is a long time for them to live. (laughs) Now we are potentially infecting all the other mysterious supernatural artifacts with tularemia. And this is kind of still an ongoing (laughs) philosophical and religious debate. So scholars are still going back and forth arguing, is it plague? Is it tularemia? Or is it something else?
1: Okay. And this is, it's kind of cool because we can go through and, you know, we have these discussions all the time, what killed Beethoven and what made him deaf uh, or what possibly killed Mozart, which is much more difficult because the the record of his life is, is much more. Did uh, Abraham Lincoln have Marfan's disorder because of you know his height and everything else like that? I I actually love this type of uh, forensic investigation. Although in this case, the answer could actually tell us a lot about the evolution of the history of infections during that time. So I I. I like this. I, I hope we're able to get a punchline to this, like actually figure this out and, and pin down this mystery somewhere in our future.
2: I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but just the idea that the arc causing plagues face melting versus uh rodent groin infecting was fascinating enough to warrant at least a short little layover before we get back into our more regular programming. So hopefully those of you listening at home got as excited about this as I did, either because you are into Indiana Jones, biblical studies, disease, or the weird Venn diagram where our show sits that all three of those intersect.
1: I, I love where our show sits. <laughs> the middle of that Venn diagram is one of my absolute faves. It's fantastic.
2: <laughs> Biblical scholars, no, Indiana Jones enthusiasts, yeah. disease investigators. <laughs> where do they all overlap? <laughs> Travel medicine.
1: Travel medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I do hope that some of you out there, uh, you know, if you find this educational and fun, that's absolutely wonderful and all that kind of a thing. I I have a a little bit of a fantasy, though, in my mind, Josh, that, you know, there's a young, you know, kind of person, maybe high school or early college, and they maybe hear our podcast for the first time because they recommend it because, you know, they happen to be, uh, you know, indiana jones loving history loving <laughs> medical enthusiasts and they said oh you know yeah then our episode comes out and everything like that there's like oh my god that's a job <laughs> and we we actually uh you know introduce someone to forensic pathology or or i i can't remember it was it forensic anthropology josh the the study of using you know history and anthropology in order to discover our plagues and such or yes. and, and learn more about it yeah, yeah yeah i i i would that would make me so happy if we inspired one of those folks <laughs> so <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. you know i didn't know i could do that for a living you're damn right <laughs>
2: So yeah. that's it for this week. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to that are in the show notes along with links for further reading. We're also on TikTok where you can sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming live appearances where we will talk over the history of all things medicine, from pop culture Ooh. to the ancient world. And our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. The show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santos and friends. And until next time, as always keep a song in your heart, soap on your hands, a shot in your arm, a spin on your globe. And when you've done all of those things, pick a country to travel to check the disease warnings and uh, (laughs) happy travels. Bye everybody.